we've been in Acts chapter number 5 for a while now. We're going to dive into our notes tonight and get some things from the scriptures here. And uh, if you remember, the place was the apostles were preaching Jesus, preaching Jesus in the temple. And as this happened, people got saved, but the religious people in the temple were not happy. They were not happy about Jesus being proclaimed. And may I just remind you tonight, the world doesn't like Jesus. They don't want anything to do with Jesus. That's why you hear people often, oh, you can pray, but just don't pray in his name. What's so wrong about the name of Jesus? Why are they so scared of the name of Jesus? Why can't someone just pray in the name of Jesus? Because they're secluding it and saying there's just one God. Yep, that's what we're doing. Because there's one name, the name of Jesus, that every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess someday. He is the way, he's the truth, and he's the life, and no man comes into the Father but through Jesus. That's why they don't like it. This world doesn't like Jesus. The religious people didn't like Jesus. And we see they took the disciples, threw them into jail. And we looked at last week, if you go back with me to chapter number 5, and we look at verse number, 20, verse number 19, it says, But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go, stand, and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And you think about that, so the, the angel of the Lord there tells them, Go back to the temple now and preach the truth. Now let's read on and see where we get to tonight. It says, And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught but the high priest came the high priest wasn't an early riser he probably liked to sleep in if you look at this here because they got in there early and he didn't realize what had taken place yet it says but the high priest came and when they were with him and called the council together and all the senate of the children of israel and sent prison to have them brought the high priest has gathered the trial ready to take place for these men now they're going to go to the jail the prison to go get these men one problem they're not there. The angel of the Lord let them out, and they're in the temple preaching Jesus. So we keep on reading. It says in verse 22, But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety. No one knocked a wall down. No one stubbed through a door. Everything looked good. It says, And the keeper standing without before the doors but when we opened, we found no man within. Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they doubted of them whereof this would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. I get this picture, the high priest's face at this time. There's, there's no way that... And then they're preaching in the temple. I love it. Let's keep on reading. It says... Then went the captain of the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. Do you see that right there? That's what we've been talking about. We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew 
and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior. You notice, not his left hand, but his right hand. See that there? Abram, you see? Right hand, not left hand. So there's another lefty in our church now. I found that out the other day. Because every once in a while, people give him a hard time about being a lefty. Caroline's lefty, too, so wanted you to fill a home by teasing me a little bit about that. You see the right hand. The left, that might have been where the devil was back in the day. But anyways, we'll leave that. I'm just, just teasing. Just teasing. Just teasing. And it says, Hath God exalted with his right hand to be a, save, a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witness. Ghost. Um, that obey him. Father, I pray that you bless the next few minutes that we have tonight. Standing for the midst of a tough day. May we stand for the truth. May we stand. We love you. We need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Verse 33, the last verse I want you to see. When they heard that, they were cut to their hearts and took counsel to slay them. They were convicted, but the conviction didn't lead them to a decision for Christ. Their hearts were so hard, they wanted nothing to do with Christ. They wanted to kill those guys in the message that they gave. As we look at this chapter, this chapter took taking quite the turn. From Ananias and Sapphira being killed for lying to the Holy Ghost, to the Spirit of God working in the midst, to where they get arrested again, and we see these things come out. What I want you to understand is that as the church continued to do God's work, the persecution increased. They faced opposition. And may I just remind you tonight, and Chris, you and I were talking about this this morning, after the service this morning, and I was thinking about this actually for part of my message, and I'm like, I think that you and I were talking about that this morning because I need to bring that up tonight. So it's a good thing we talked about. Thanks for helping me out with my sermon tonight. I didn't realize that, did you? You didn't even realize you were helping me with my message tonight, but you were. And so because I was debating back and forth, you got to understand there was pressure on them. There was persecution that came. But what you got to understand is we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality. This was a spiritual battle. And Satan might have been using the high priest, and, and yes, he was using the high priest here. He used these men here, but this battle is a spiritual battle. And may I just remind you, it is no different in 2022. There's a spiritual battle taking place each and every day. Satan hates the work of God. He doesn't want the work of God to happen. Satan hates when people get saved. Satan hates when people turn to Jesus Christ. He hates it. He doesn't want that. And he will do whatever he can to try and mess that up. But I'm glad to know tonight that Jesus said that the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. And though Satan and his forces move forward, God's not going to stop the church. The church is going to keep going. Because this is God's thing, not just man's thing. And you've got to understand, as we look at this, they were up against the battle. The spiritual battles were there. And Chris, like we talked about this morning, our job is to stand. Their job in that day was to stand. That's why we put on the armor of God, right? So we can stand. Not part of it, but all of it. You don't just take one piece. You need all of it. You need to be praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching there into with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. 
That's what we need. It's a spiritual battle. We live in a spiritual battle today. Don't tell me the decrees that our governor has made in the two years that there's no spiritual implications in some of those things. I do believe there is. I believe there's spiritual implications behind the garbage he's feeding other people about abortion and taking God's word and using it as a tool for his abortion garbage. Murder. He's going to answer to God for what he does. And he's going to stand before God someday. But what, what I want you to understand something tonight. God got them out of jail and he told them, go, stand, and speak. I think the same message is clear for us today. We're supposed to go, stand, and speak. Hey, the devils and his forces are going to come. You need to go and stand and speak. But Lord, the high priest told us, if we say anything else in his name, we're going to get in trouble. You see them argue with the Lord about that there? No, what they do? They got up in the morning, they went in the temple, and they went, they stood up, and they spoke. Who do you obey, God or men? The answer is always God. Number one tonight, as we get into the outline, we see the preaching continues. The high priest tried to silence them, put them in jail, but the preaching continues. They could not stop the preaching of the gospel. Do you realize that for years now, almost 2,000 years, people have tried to pre stop preaching of the gospel? And people are still getting saved today, just like they were 2,000 years ago, because no one's going to stop the message of the gospel. As we look at then, we think about this tonight, we look at verse 22 through 25, and in our text here it says, But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly found we shut up with all the safety and the doors. But when we opened, we found no man within. Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. You see how they obeyed God completely? They went, they stood up, and they preached. As we think about the fact that the preaching continues, we see, letter A, that they were out of prison. This was the working of God. Now may I just remind you tonight that just because God brought them out of prison doesn't mean he does that for everyone. You know, not every, you know. remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? We're going to serve our God no matter what. And even if he doesn't deliver us out of your hand, Nebuchadnezzar, he is still the God of heaven. There are no guarantees that this will ever happen. And you've got to understand, a lot of these men died a martyr's death later on. But God could get them out, and he did here. They were out of prison, and the guards, you think about this, the guards were the officers of the temple under the command of the Sanhedrin, that court. And God told them to go and to speak in there. And they were let out, letter B. They were preaching the word. The Sanhedrin were shocked. They just didn't believe it. Really? How did they get there? You know what the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 2, verse 1 and 2. For yourselves, brethren, know our entrance is unto you, and that was not vain. 
But even after that, we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated, as you know, at Philippi. We were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. Man, you know what? We're missing that today. What's so-and-so going to think of me? I might get the door closed on me. They might label me a weirdo. That's the persecution we face today. They might say, I'm going to call the police on you. Okay, what are the police going to do? Not much in that situation. Paul says, we were bold to speak it to you. And we're, um, I got a little invite for you. this without them noticing it's me. I'll just leave it with, uh, I'll leave it with the tip I leave at the restaurant. There's no boldness in us today. It's a sad statement to be made. Because boldness comes with Holy Spirit power. And I think we're lacking Holy Spirit power, which is shown in our lack of boldness to give the gospel. It's a convicting thought that keeps me keeps me, keeps convicting me. Think about what else, uh, what else Paul said, and there's, we, we could give you, you could look at a ton of verses in 1 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse 7 through 18. Did act, oh, all those actually got put in the notes there. Wow, that's impressive. That shows there weren't many notes for there to be all that there. But you can read through that sometime, but it's interesting. The afflictions we may suffer are but for a moment, the scripture says. And Paul described what he suffered. Let's see if you can find it there in those verses. They're listed right there. Look at what, how Paul described his himself. He described it as light afflictions. May I remind you what Paul went through? He was stoned at Lystra. He was shipwrecked. He was bitten by a viper. That had to hurt. He was imprisoned and beaten with rods at Philippi, and he said... They were light afflictions. Wow. He was bold with the message of the gospel. We see, number one, tonight that the preaching continued. Number two, we see the persecution continues. Well, they obeyed God, so now everything's going to be great, right? That's not how it works. We would like that, right? We'd like it to work out just like that, but verse 26 or 28 then went unto the captain of the officers and brought them without violence, and they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. It's interesting. Do you see how many times the religious people feared the people? They feared the people. Even with Jesus, they took him at night because they feared the people. They feared the people. That's why the Bible says God hath not given us the spirit of fear. The Holy Spirit should conquer that fear. That's why we should be bold with the gospel message because that fear should be gone and boldness should replace that because God hasn't given us that spirit of fear. And so as we look at this and we see these things, we see the persecution, it continues. It says, and they, did, they feared the people lest they should be stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council and the high priest asked them, saying, did not we straightly command you that you shouldn't teach in his name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. 
hey, they didn't intend to bring it upon them. It was already upon them. And they said, his blood be on us. Didn't they say things like that? They did say things like that. They didn't need them to give the message. It was already there, and we already know the truth. But anyways, he says that there. As we think about this, the persecution continuing, you can see the contentions building. They really don't like these guys. The high priest doesn't. Letter A, as we look at this, we see the disciples were brought before the Sanhedrin. We see that here in these verses. They're brought before this court. And when you think of the Sanhedrin there, and you think, it would be a little intimidating to be standing before the Sanhedrin. Okay, maybe not a, little, a lot intimidating. A whole lot. And we see they were brought before there, and we see letter B that the disciples were judged for their message. Why were they being judged? Not because they were teaching in the temple. They were being judged because of who they were talking about. You see that there? And it says, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in his name? Hey, you can teach in whatever, don't teach in that name. Don't talk about that name. Get rid of that name. I want you to understand something. That's why they were judged. Many people were listening. The gospel was being spread and many people were believing it. Acts 4.4 tells us, it says there, Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of the men was about 5,000. They heard the gospel and they believed it. The gospel will bring fruit when it's preached. That's why it's so important that we as a church, that we lift up Jesus Christ. I like that song, we lift up the name of Jesus. You see, this world doesn't need my opinion. Next Sunday afternoon, we have our harvest festival here. People that come don't need Brian's opinion on world matters. They need Jesus. That's what they need. They don't need the fun games. They don't need all the candy. They don't need all the sugar from all the snow cones and all that stuff. They need Jesus. They need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And let me just remind you tonight that the church is not about the people. It's not about the pastor. It's not about our opinion of others. It's about lifting up Jesus. The disciples were good at this thing of lifting up Jesus Christ. When we think about their message, you've got to understand something. It was Christ-centered. Over and over again, they keep mentioning Christ and how he lived and how he died. It was all about Jesus. And I know sometimes we look at that and we hear pastors say, you need to preach Jesus, preach Jesus. I think you can't go wrong preaching about Jesus. You can go wrong preaching a lot of other topics. You can never go wrong preaching about Jesus Christ. You say, oh... And, and if you're sitting tonight and you say, well, I get tired of hearing about Jesus, there's something wrong with you. You might as well be like the high priest here. Why don't you quit talking about that name and talk about something? There's no other name greater. His name is a precious, it's a wonderful name. It's a name that should be greatly praised and above all names. And if we don't talk about anything else for the next 30 years but Jesus Christ in this place, I think he would be lifted up and I think you could grow from it. I have no doubt about that tonight. We see over and over again that Jesus is the pre-existent Son of God. Jesus is God in the flesh. We see these things. Acts 2.36, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Over and over again, the message was clear. It was Christ-centered. It was also doctrinally sound. 
Man, that's what we need in 2022. We need preaching that is Christ-centered, preaching that's doctrinally sound. When you look at what the message was that Peter gave over and over again, we see salvation by faith, by grace through faith. We see deliverance from sin. We see the Holy Spirit of God working in their midst. And what we need today is we just need churches and pastors to get up and proclaim Jesus Christ and be doctrinally sound in what they say. Change our churches today if that would happen. We see the preaching continues. We see the persecution also continues. And we see number three tonight. We see the conviction of the disciples. I know there are many Christians who would say, if, if the government told us never to have church and they would take us to jail, I would be there in church. Honestly, you can't say that you would say that until you go through it. Because some of us who've said that stayed home when the government told us to just a while back. And that's true. I told you before, I've said it recently and I'll say it again. I really debated in my mind back and forth what to do. I really did. But I'll tell you this, and I'll say it again. Come hell or high water, I don't care what the government says, this church will stay open. And if it's just me here by myself, I'll be here by myself, but church will stay open. It's not going to happen again. But I love the conviction of the disciples. You see, now, when we look here, look at what, look at what, look at what the high priest said, verse 28. Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in his name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then, right then, Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. You see, first of all, that they answered immediately. There was no hesitation in their voice. There was no, um, I don't know why we did it. They answered, they had their conviction. We're going to obey God. We're going to do what God tells us to do. We're going to stand for what's right. Remember Peter and John, just the chapter before, chapter 4, verse 19 says, But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. They were going to obey God. We see they answered immediately in letter B. We see their message was true. Look at what they said. The God, this, they're in front of the Sanhedrin here. And man, you would think Peter, these past couple chapters, this is amazing that the guy who, in with people, denied the Lord three times. Now he's in front of the people who he really feared. And he won't shut up about Jesus. It's quite a difference here. You look at what it says here. And Peter and the other apostles said, We ought to obey God, rather men, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom he slew and hung on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. What did they say in their message? Number one, that Jesus was raised miraculously. That Jesus was raised miraculously. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus. The truth of the resurrection, Jesus would have been no different than any other martyr if he hadn't only died and not risen again. We see the fact that he is exalted. Number two, Jesus is exalted. 
The Bible makes it clear in Philippians 2, verse 9 and 10, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, their message was that Jesus would be exalted. Number three, that Jesus is the Savior. You see that there? Exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a Savior. Luke 2.11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. We see, number four, that Jesus can give forgiveness of sins. That's what they were preaching. It says, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. The Bible says in Luke 5, 24, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon the earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy couch and go into thine house. And then we also see, number five, that they, the truth about the Holy Ghost bears witness. They saw what happened. They were witnesses of it. And the Holy Ghost is as well. And he showed forth mighty acts to give witness to the message of the apostles. The miracles they, that had happened, the sand, no one could answer that. Hey, could, any, could the high priest or any of his goons answer how um, the guys got out of jail when the jail looked just fine? They didn't have an answer. There was nothing they could say. God was at work. All of us in our lives are faced with opportunities to stand up and be counted for Jesus. Or we shrivel and cave. May I encourage you tonight that you need to obey God. You need to stand. Having done all to stand. We need to stand. And may I help you out as well coming a day in America where it's going to be unlawful to stand for the truth of God's word. And you better get ready to stand. It's not just the apostles that suffered. It's been many Christians through the years that have suffered. And that day's coming. Look, and you look at things. You look at California. Look at Canada right now. Look at the different things that Canada has done when it comes to um, speech and free speech. Say, well, it'll never get like that here. California will be the leading edge of it. And as California goes, so goes the rest of the nation. And that, that dictator up in Canada, him and Newsom are not much different. Anyways, I'll leave that there. They both have good haircuts. They comb their hair well. I don't know what you were thinking about, but that's what I was going to say. Daniel was tempted, wasn't he, in Babylon? But he purposed in his heart that he wouldn't defile himself. The disciples were told, you don't preach in that name anymore. They said, no, 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 you don't understand. We obey God. When it comes to doing what God tells me to do and what this book says or listening to you, the book wins every time. And we need Christians that will stand up and say that and live it and do it because that day is coming sooner than we think and will you stand or will you cave I'll stand let's see when the day comes I hope I stand
say, Pastor, you're not going to say you'll stand? Let's see if I stand. I hope I do. I want to stand. But let that day come, and let's see if I stand. I think Peter wanted to stand in his day, too, and he didn't stand one time. But he sure stood up that next time, and he learned from it, and he did very well. Let's learn and move forward for the Lord. Father,